Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Today, to start off today's message, I have a question for you. And it's going to be behind me right now. You get to fill in the blank. It says this, if you can ask God for anything and he would give it to you, what would it be? You would have to fill in the blank. Uh, Obviously, every single one of you could come up with something that you would put in that blank line. But if you could ask God for anything, what would it be? I know every single one of us, we could think of something that we would ask him. And you could keep that to yourself, at least for now. You keep it for yourself. But as you know, throughout this year, we've been going through every book of the Bible. We did that last year. But this year, we're doing the same thing with an emphasis of looking for God's presence and learning how we could walk in his presence better. So we're looking for the, for the most part, like God's sightings. We're looking for God's fingerprints, pretty much God's main message on what it is to be in his presence and to live for him. The last couple of weeks, we've been on the wisdom books and something that we, uh, it, I, I, I'm extra like blessed because I get to sit in, in the Spanish service and hear teachings um, from a lot of the teachers from there and the English, so back to back. So I might refer to something mentioned in the Spanish service that might have not necessarily been mentioned here, but at the same time too, it's like, uh, there, it's pretty much information that we could all learn from and grow from. So one thing that they were doing in the Spanish service, they were highlighting a key word, a key word, just one word, for each of the wisdom books you could say for, for us to know what it's about. So for example, it's going to be behind me. For the book of Job, if there's one word that we could put there, we would put questions. We all have questions. Book of Psalms dealing with the heart. Like a lot of the verses deal with your heart and emotion and then expressing it uh, to God when it comes to worship from the heart. The book of Proverbs talk about the, pretty much using your mind, uh, a lot of it, you're making decisions and so on and so forth. The book of Ecclesiastes, which we're in today, it's going to focus on purpose. And the book of Song of Songs, it's going to focus on relationship. And that's going to um, be next week. But I want to remind all of us, I know I started off with asking you a question of, if you could ask God anything you want, what would you say? That actually happened to King Solomon. King Solomon was pretty much, God appeared to King Solomon and God asked him that very question. And we're going to read in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. It says this, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. 
And God said, ask whatever you want me to give to you. And then the response from Solomon we see in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, it says this. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who's, who is able to govern the, this great people of yours? So God ended up giving Solomon wisdom. God gave them wisdom. And Solomon ended up writing three books, the books of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs. So he ended up writing three of them. And today we're going to focus on the book of Ecclesiastes. Now this book, the word Ecclesiastes might seem like a weird word. Like it, it's not a word you use every day, of course. It's, it's a word that and if you hear someone say it, you know they're re- referring to the Bible. But that word literally means teacher or preacher in an assembly. So you could picture Solomon here wanting to give his wisdom to everyone in the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Songs, pretty much in an assembly, the teacher wants to speak. So the book of Ecclesiastes, the word of Ecclesiastes literally means teacher, preacher in an assembly. And here, we're all students, you could say, and we want to be able to hear the wisdom of the words of King Solomon, because it's truly God's words through him. So to start things off, I do want to show you guys a little something. Jen keeps something near the side of her bed. Uh, I took her from her this morning. Uh, She she was half asleep, and I was like unplugging it and stuff like that. I might have woken her up a little bit. But um, I took this. Does anyone know what this is already? All right, here, someone said white noise. Here you will see a vapor coming up. I know it's, you know, the water has to like warm up. It's all plugged in. Could anyone see it? Yeah, you could see it. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you got 2020 vision or something. Ralph, could you see it from back there? Ah, Ralph is like, un poquito, no sé. So, yeah, I, I, I also brought this just in case. With the backdrop, no, doesn't work. Bad idea. All right, so right there, you could see it. And I'm going to ask Eddie, I, where did Eddie go? Ericito, te necesito otra vez. Come back. All right, I need a volunteer, a volunteer. Uh, and Eddie's just going to go out, and he's going to scope out and choose a volunteer to come forward of those right. All right, all right, here, here we go. We got someone, we got someone. So come on down to the prices, right? <laughs> Clap it up for her. All right, oh, did I turn it off? No, it's still, it's still blowing. All right, what's up? Thank you for coming. So I want to, you're in a little competition, I guess. Not competition, but you get a chance to win a prize, too. Uh, The prize is, let me see, (laughs) a gift card to an amazing restaurant here in Elizabeth, Burger King. Um, uh, 
Yo, I like, what, what, what'd you like? Yo, the Hershey Pies. Yo, the Hershey Pies. Yo, I know some of you are going to judge me. Don't, don't be judging me, yeah. I like their fish sandwiches with cheese. So, all right, Burger King's no joke, yo. Yo, like, yo, it, it, for Valentine's Day, yo, I took Jan 1 to Burger King. No, 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 no it's, 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 it's. Look at Jen. Jen is nodding her head. I'll be in trouble. All right, so I'll give you this gift card. So you could go to Burger King. So you could get those Hershey pies thingies. But all I need you to do is to grab and hold on to that vapor in your hands and then show me afterwards. All right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. You got it. Bring it over. All right. Open it up. Oh, yeah. Donde se fue? I don't see nothing. All right. I'm going to give you two more tries right there. Oh. Right there. Yo, she's trying hard. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to hold this. <laughs> All right. Let's see. All right. Let's see. Oh, yeah, nothing. One more try. One more try. Maybe if there's noise and excitement from the audience. Let's see if you and your hubby are going to go to Burger King. Uh, a little bit. Yo, you got to go get check. Check your eyes out. No, you nada ahí. Either way. Here you go. So you could have your Hershey. Uh, clap it up for her. Clap it up. As you know, it was probably, you knew that that wasn't going to work out too much there with getting the vapor over here. But the reality is that I want each and every one of us to know something. In the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a word that said, 38 times. Does anyone know what that word is? It's not Jesus. But Jesus is always like the right answer, right? Jesus is in the, like, in behind the scenes, interweaved and everything. But there's another word, if you've read the book of Ecclesiastes, it says it there many times. Meaningless. Who said that? I should have had an extra gift card for you. <laughs> Meaningless. The book of Ecclesiastes, 38 times. That's a lot of times. Like it's not once, five times, 10 times, 15 times, 20 times, 30 times, 35 times. 38 times it said meaningless. And you see that even in the very first chapter. Now, something that I want us to realize is this. You have your own I guess, perspective of what meaningless means according to its definition. But the original meaning of the word in the scripture of meaningless is vapor. Okay? So anytime you read the book of Ecclesiastes and you see the word meaningless, you could literally say vapor. Because it comes from the word vapor, meaning that it's temporary. You're not able to hold on to it. You're not able to grasp it. It's not going to last. And that's something that you need to realize because that is pretty much throughout the entire book that's there. You see it, then it's gone. It's temporary. Now, something, who wrote the book of Ecclesiastes? Solomon. And I, I know I told you right in the beginning, something about King Solomon, he had everything. He had everything. 
like everything probably that each and every one of us dream of having. He had that and then some. You could consider him a multi-billionaire. He had the highest position as king, the most wealth and possessions anyone else has had. And pretty much he had tons of relationships, you could say. He had 700 wives. Imagine all the drama with all that. But let's throw in 300 girlfriends, you could say, called concubines, too. So he had about a thousand of them. And think about all the mother-in-laws and the suegras that were involved. Yo, it's, he, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, that, that's some, some drama he probably had. But he was king. So if anyone got out of line... He could decide to take him out if he wanted to. So he had it all. But remember, he asked God for wisdom and God gave him wisdom. And this is what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 14. He says this, I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. So we're going to read this again. And when I get to the word meaningless, I don't want you to say, I don't want you to say meaningless. I want you to say the word I taught you what it really means, the original meaning. Okay. So I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are, you guys are good, a chasing after the wind. So right there, he has it all, and he says, look, I've seen it all. I've, I've, seen, I've had all the money. I've had all the power. I've had all the fame. I've had all the titles. I've had all, all the relationships. I've had everything anyone has ever dreamt of having, and it's all a vapor that I can't hold on to. And he even says a chasing after the wind. If today after church you go outside and you see someone like, trying to chase after the wind, what's going to cross your mind when you see that happen? If you see someone be like, yo, I'm trying to catch the wind, right? And he's like, just give me a moment. I'm going to walk through Broad Street. And you see him chasing, running through Broad Street, trying to catch the wind. What, what, what's going to cross your mind at that moment? Trying to catch the wind. He's crazy trying to catch the wind. You're going to add him to the prayer list and you're going to pray and fast for 40 days and 40 nights, you know, trying to see for God to intervene. And we just know that here we might look at that and laugh and say, like, who would be ridiculous enough to chase after the wind? But I have news to every single one of us, including myself, we've all chased after the wind one time or another, we've all have tried to held on to vapor things that are meaningless in this life. And it's one of those things that we need to evaluate our own hearts. So I'm going to give you eight symptoms to come up with, you need to be honest with yourself, to come up with the truth of whether or not you've been chasing after the wind and literally you've been trying to hold on to vapor in your hands, 
Okay, so these are eight symptoms. We're going to see if this is you. We're going to start off with the first one. You're never satisfied. You're never satisfied. If you're never satisfied, God wants us to be content. Okay, God wants, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what's happening in your life, he wants you to be content. But if you're never satisfied and you always want the next big thing, or if you always want something else, and that's your priority, that's your goal, that's what you chase after more than God. I'm not saying it's bad to want good things. I'm saying when those things possess your heart and capture your heart, And you're like, oh man, I want to grab and I want to have this. More than chasing after God's presence, we're chasing after these things. And we're never satisfied. That's a symptom you're chasing after the wind. Because the reality is that for many of us, God isn't enough. We go through life, we want God, but we feel like, God, you're good. But you could be better if I had this. You filled in the blank in the beginning. I don't know what you put. But a lot of times we feel like God isn't enough. But the reality is, if you have God, you have everything. Here, Solomon, it looked like he had everything. And he was saying, hey, the things that we, let's just put it this way. If Solomon would be living here today with his power and money, he could literally have anything he wanted. And he's saying, it's meaningless. It's a vapor. So the first one is a chase. uh, You're never satisfied. The second one is you love the applause from man. You love the applause from man. You love getting attention and recognition. You love to be highlighted. And of course, in our life, those moments might occur. But if that's something that you chase after the applause of man more than the applause from heaven, let me tell you, you're chasing after the wind because the applause from man will be loud on Friday, but then on Sunday or Monday, Tuesday next week, that same person is talking behind your back. That same person is like being a stumbling block to your life. So all of a sudden, if you're chasing after the applause from man, you need to realize that's a chasing after the wind. It's just a vapor. Number three is this. You love money and wealth. I'm not saying money and wealth is bad, but your love for money and wealth is greater than your love for God. All you're thinking about is having more money and more wealth. And that is a priority to you. I know a lot of people that have a lot of money and wealth. And you know what they always talk about? Just getting more money and wealth. And they're loaded, loaded. Like, but literally it's possessed their heart thinking that it's going to bring them to a certain place. But we know King Solomon said, you're just chasing after things that are going to leave you completely empty. Number four is this. You love titles and positions. You love titles and positions. All of a sudden, that's important to you. You want a title, you want a position, and you want people to call you by that title and position. And if they don't call you by that title and position, you get upset. 
Like, who do you think you are by not calling me by that title position? You know, and, and you know what's, what's crazy is that a lot of times this is seen in the church world, okay? The church world, the title position. All I know is that Jesus didn't go around and tell people, you got to call me by all my titles before you could acknowledge who I am. Jesus loved everyone, didn't hold, like, he didn't pretend in any way, shape, or form that he was above anyone. Like, because the reality is, we're all here, like, before God, and if we've given our heart to God, we're children of God, we're completely equal as children of God. So why is it that we feel better than someone else because of our title and position and this is something you need to look deep in your heart. If there's any ounce inside of you that feels like you're more important or better than someone else, anyone else, there's something wrong in your heart, okay? That's something you need to ask God to transform your heart because if you just think you're elevated than someone else because of your finances, your experience, uh, maybe because of your political views, or whatever it may be. There's a list of things. The moment you think you're better than someone else, that's something that you have to surrender to God. Number five is you always look to please your own heart first. No matter what the circumstances are, it's what you want, not on how you could bless someone else. If you're always thinking about you, guess who's the king of your life? It's not God, it's you, <laughs> it's you. You always think about you. So if you're always looking to please, uh, like how I said, that you're always looking to please your own heart first, you're really chasing something to please your heart that's like a bottomless pit because you're never really gonna be able to satisfy your heart because there's only one person that can satisfy your heart and that's God. Number six, you get possessive over things, people, and responsibilities. You just get possessive. You think it's yours. Anything that right now, your house that you think it's your house, it's not your house. It's God's house. The money you have in your account, whether it's five bucks or five million, it's not your money. It's God's money. You know, but all of a sudden we feel we get possessive of what we have, whether it's things, people, or responsibilities. Like, like even to a point, and this is kind of funny, but it's not. Like, uh, is even to a point, even within church, if someone sits on your seat, you know that every Sunday to the sientai. Like the chair knows how you feel. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you sit there, like, you know, it takes the shape of your form. That like you go there and you whisper to the chair, Toyaki, I'm here. Like, you know, like the chair speaks back to you. We'll pray for you too if your chair speaks back to you. Or actually, if you're speaking to your chair, we'll pray for you too. But, but all of a sudden, like if for some reason you feel like upset or insulted, because someone sits in your chair since since when it was your chair, you know since when? Yeah, I last time I checked, there's no one's name on any of these chairs. Okay, now if you decide to put a little label on it today after today's teaching, I'll make sure we rip it off during the week. All right, just want to let you know. Okay, 
So you get possesses over things, people, and responsibilities. Number seven, you argue and you get upset quickly. You argue and get upset quickly. And the reason why I say that's a symptom is because you're only thinking about the now. You're not thinking about the later. The damage that, is it worth it? Why are you arguing? Why? Let me tell you something. One of the greatest lessons we could ever do in our lives is choosing to pick our battles. Like there's certain things we do have to discuss. There's certain things that, why are we arguing about that? Why are we talking about that? Is it chasing after the wind? Like literally our relationship is more important than that, whatever it is that you're deciding to debate or discuss, but you want to be right. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's you being right is more important than you sustaining that relationship. Because if sustaining the relationship is more important, you don't care if even if you're wrong, because for the sake of the relationship, you know that you have a greater goal of trying to get them to know God, let's say. So, and lastly is this, you tend to hold on to unforgiveness. You tend to hold on to unforgiveness. I know before I was talking about Burger King, how many of you guys actually like Burger King? I like Burger King. I like Burger King. I have to say, I'm more of a Wendy's guy. It's closer to my house. So I just go, drive through. I've been hitting Wendy's up a lot. So, so I'm more of a Wendy's person. But I have to say, something that would bother me a little bit is when I would try to get one of my favorite drinks, let's say from Wendy's or whatever, if, if I have Coke or Diet Coke or whatever, and all of a sudden the cup container that it give me looks like this looks like this it's going to come right now just going to give you an example of it how many of you know this has happened to you you go through the drive-thru you get your cup you're so excited and so thirsty right you, you might have gotten the large instead of the medium because tenía una sed de madre so right there you put the straw and you took a little sip, right? And then you take two little sips, and then all of a sudden, it's gone, okay? So you know what you start doing? You can start going to drive through and you start saying, <clears throat> low ice, low, low ice, low ice. And, and some of us, you know, times are tough too. You know, be like, yo, no ice, yo, I'll buy ice when I get home. I need all that drink. You know what I mean? When I get home, I'll add that ice. So right there. But I want us to realize that God comes into our life and he wants to pour his presence to the overflowing in our lives. To the overflowing. But our lives... literally start off like this. And then as we go through life, like a chasing after the wind and vapor, we start filling up our lives with things that are meaningless. All of a sudden we start chasing after money. You know? we, we think money is going to satisfy us. Then all of a sudden we're like titles or careers. Or, and I'm not saying these things are bad. But when they take the place that God deserves to be at, and only God, that's when it becomes bad. So all of a sudden, 
college careers and degrees and everything like that. And then you start doing that. Then all of a sudden, it's like you ch- start chasing after material things. You have the iPhone 15. I don't know if the iPhone 15 is out, but you know what I mean. I probably have the iPhone 4 right now. I'm joking. I have the iPhone 12. So you have the iPhone 15. You're like, yo, I want the new one, iPhone 16, even though mine is perfectly fine. All of a sudden, it's like you want relationships because relationships are going to fill you up, even though you know that that person doesn't bring you closer to God. If anything, it brings you closer you're to Satan and you're okay with it, which that's a whole different story. All of a sudden you do all this and then you come on Sunday morning and you're like, God, fill me up. You're like, God, fill me up. I want to be filled with your presence and power. And God is looking at your cup and saying, your cup is already filled. I'll pour something in, but you're just going to get a sip. And some of us were completely, you know, what's sad is that some of us are completely satisfied with that sip. Some of us don't want more of God. Some of us are not willing to make space for God. Some of us are not willing to give up some of that stuff so that God would be there to the overflowing. Some of us are okay just coming on Sunday and getting a little taste of God, but you're not chasing after God every single day. You rather chase after all the things that Solomon says, hey, you're wasting your time. But God wants us to pour out all those things and make room for him and him alone. You see, in the beginning, I told you the book of Ecclesiastes was about purpose. If you have God, you have everything, okay? If you have God, you have everything. If you don't have God, you have nothing. I don't care how much you own. I don't care who you are with your titles, your possessions, whatever it is. If you don't have God in your life, you have absolutely nothing. Nothing. Because the only thing worth anything in life is having God's presence and a relationship with him in you. So if God is your everything, you have purpose, okay? If God is your everything, you have purpose. If you don't have God, life is meaningless. Life is meaningless. You only find purpose when you live for God. But how do we know if we're living for God? How do we know if we're really living for God? And I'm, we're, we're pretty much... Um, I'm going to ask you a question in a second, but before I say that, I just want to share this. Within the last couple of months, and I shared this a little bit uh, a couple of weeks ago, is that I, I, I'm realizing I'm getting old. I, I know I always say I'm like 26 years old or 25 years old. In my heart, I am still 25 years old or like 21 or maybe even 15. Um, but I see, like, I I don't see myself where I'm at, but I realize that I am getting older because of one thing and one thing alone. I wear progressive lenses. If I had my other glass, man, I'm having a hard time. I can't see you in the balcony right now. So, uh, so I have progressive lenses. Uh, The top part of my lens, I can see all my balcony people up there. I could see you guys, all right? And then here, I could read my paper. 
So here I'm able to see well with the lenses. And the reason why I'm highlighting that is because for each and every one of us, we need to realize that we need to see life, not just what we see in front of us. You could say what we read, but we have to see the lens of eternity beyond us. We have to see eternity. When you think of life, life is just a fraction of time. Eternity is forever. So you have to look through the lens of looking for eternity, you could say. So we have to answer this question. Is our life focused on the temporary or the eternal? Is it focused on the temporary and or the eternal? Now, don't get me wrong. Don't, don't just focus on the eternal and don't be concerned about certain things in the temporary. All I'm saying is you could test where your heart is if you're focusing also when you look through the lens, you're looking at the temporary, but you're also looking at the eternal at the same time. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example of that is, is with this. Like, and when it comes to the different areas of our life, how do we view those areas? Do we just see them from a temporary standpoint or we look beyond that to the eternal as well? I'm going to give you a list of a couple things um, for us to even think about. Um, it's going to be behind us. Our work. Our work, if you only look at work as temporary, you're chasing after the wind because if God has you where you're at, there's a reason you're there. And if you look through the lens of the eternal, there's people in your workplace that God wants to use you to impact and touch their lives. God wants to use you. So in your workplace, do people see Jesus through your words and through your actions and through your decisions? Because if not, then all your work to you, it's just temporary. It's a vapor. You're just waiting for the next paycheck. I just want the paycheck this week. And that's why I want to get, but God says, you you have to correct your vision. There's more to your work than just the temporary paycheck. I have you there for a reason. I have you there to reach out to people that are around you. I have you there. And so many times we think of, 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 we don't see work as you could say ministry, but it's a ministry for each and every one of us. What about wealth? Wealth is an area too. Everything we have, everything that we pretty much has our name to it, it belongs to God. Some of us were like, well, I, I tithe. I give God my 10%. So we do whatever we want with our 90. No, no, the 90% is God's too. When was the last time we ever talked to God to consult with him on what we should do with all of our money and resources and what he's blessed us with? And a news for all of us, God has blessed us to be a blessing to others. You know, God doesn't bless you just to bless you. There's a deeper purpose behind it every time. Material possessions as well. Our relationships, like how are we doing for relationships with that? Our ministry, um, when it comes to power, when it comes to fame, when it comes to our positions, when it comes to our free time. Like the list could go on and go, go on. These are all different things that could either be meaningless because we're looking at it 
as temporary or temporary relationships, temporary work, temporary situations, this and that, this and that. Or we could look at it with purpose saying, God, you have me in all these areas. Let me see long distance. How are you going to use me to impact eternity? How are you going to use me to advance your kingdom? And you know what? That's what changes, changes the meaningless with purpose. That's what changes it. Some of us were, were wondering, it's like, it's like, you know, what does God want me to do? You know what God wants you to do. You really do. He wants you to follow him and to live for him with all your heart, mind, and soul. He doesn't want you to fill your cup with the, the things of this world. He wants you to give him everything. But we get caught up asking God specifics. What is it exactly that you want us to do? And, and I really believe sometimes God doesn't tell us because he knows that we're not going to do it. Because if we're not willing to do what he's already revealed, why would, why would we end up doing what we're asking him to reveal? Because he's already revealed what he wants us to do. But we, sometimes we haven't acted on it. And that becomes a concern. It's, what gives purpose to the things in this life that are meaningless is God and only God. When you see and use them for eternal purposes. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says this. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 18. It says, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So I'm going to read that again. Here it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, we fix our eyes. So, so I just even, I want to take a pause. Solomon Primitch says, if you're fixing your eyes on all of these things of the world, you're fixing your eyes on vapor. It's meaningless. And then here, the apostle Paul is saying clearly, we, so fix our eyes on um, our eyes not on what is seen, the things of the world, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, the things you see is only temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So here, King Solomon, we know that in the book of Ecclesiastes, it has twelve chapters. He pretty much says meaningless, meaningless, meaningless which means vapor, vapor, vapor on so many different things in life, the things under the sun. And then he goes to the very end of pretty much the book. And he says this, he comes with a conclusion. This is his conclusion. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 to 14. He says this. Now all have been heard. Here is... The conclusion of the matter. This is the end. This is, I'm going to give you the summary of what you're supposed to do in this life. That's pretty much what he's, he's saying. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing whether it's good 
or evil. So I'm going to read it again. Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it's good or evil. We have to live for God in every area of our life. And so many times we fill our lives with so many things that don't belong. But in the end of the day, you know very well that it was a chasing after the wind. And if you're honest with yourself, you could probably look at your life and like, what have I been doing? I've been chasing after things that don't matter. And I'm not chasing after God. Many of you know that my first job that I had when I was 18 years, well, it wasn't my first job, but my first, you could say real, real job. I worked in St. Barnabas in the hospital. And part of my job was when people died, I used to take the bodies to the morgue. And I was 18 years old. So I used to pick up dead bodies all the time, um, pretty much at different times of the day, at three in the morning, five in the morning, sometimes when I worked overnight and I did it all by myself. And, um, and I have to say during that time, like after I finished high school, when I graduated in 2010, um, um, I, I'm, I'm really bad with dates, guys. Please forgive me. Um, after I graduated, I, I, I went to UCC for one semester and I was like, this isn't for me. And I actually... I decided not to go to school. Uh, I eventually went back to school, but I started working in the hospital. And I have to say, I learned things in the hospital that no school could have taught me. God had me there for a reason. And while I was there, and I was there for seven years, picking up bodies almost every day. And I I came to realize that um, that journey from the room down to the basement where I used to take them. It really didn't matter at that moment, you could say, like what skin color the person was, how much money they had in the account, what car they drove or what type of house or apartment they had. Didn't matter the connections or the titles that they had. Didn't even matter their age. Like, you know, obviously when it was someone young, you would feel bad, but... The reality is, at this point, when you start bringing them all down day after day, it's, everything becomes a blur Like when it comes to that. It didn't matter what country they came from. I know this, this, our country and so many other countries, they get caught up in all the drama of so many things politically of what, what's happening with other countries and who's coming in and who's not, whatever it is. At the end of the day, in that journey, all that really fades away. Uh, it doesn't matter what country you come from. It doesn't matter if you speak English, Portuguese, Spanish. It doesn't, all those things doesn't matter. Um, and something that you might not realize, but in the Bible, it says that our life is like a vapor. You see it, then it's gone. Why would we want to spend our entire life chasing after vapor? 
Why would we want to spend our entire life chasing after meaningless things? I know in my life, when I was 18 years old, like I remember clear as day telling God, God, like I don't have much. I, I really didn't. But I was like, God, I'm going to empty myself out completely. I'm just going to empty myself out. I just want you. Because I know if I have God, I have everything. I want God to saturate me and to fill me to the overflowing with his presence. I don't want to fill my life with needless things that just consumes. And even one fell, but that's okay. It belongs on the ground. Needless things and not make room for God. So many of our lives look like this right now. And I just think that this morning we want more of God in his presence. And if today you want to decide to empty yourself and just ask God to fill you up and to fill you with his presence, I'm going to ask you to come forward. I'm going to ask you to come forward. And as you come forward, it's a surrender. It's you're choosing to empty your cup. As you come forward, you're saying, God, I'm tired of chasing after the wind. I'm, ch- I'm tired of not being focused on what's most important. I just want more of you than anything else. So even at this moment, if you know that you want more of God, just come forward. Pastor Harold is going to lead us in a worship song. And we're just going to ask God's presence to fill our heart and life to the overflowing. And while you come forward and you're here, you could tell God to remove the things that don't belong. The things that you've been chasing after that are meaningless. You could tell him to change your vision so that you would be able to see with his eyes, not just what's temporary in front of you, but see things of eternity as well. So the altar is open this whole time. For all of you, if you decide to stay in your seat, I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet as well. God, God, you are our shepherd. We shall not want. God, you are enough. You fill our cup. It's not you plus other things to fill our cup. You fill our cup. The Lord is our shepherd. I shall not want. God, we thank you for this day. And even at this moment, once again, we just empty ourselves, Lord God. We empty ourselves, make room for you, God.
anything within us that does not belong, we give you permission to remove it, Lord God. Break every wall, destroy every mindset, destroy every stronghold, anything within our life that does not belong, even if it appears to be good, we give you permission to do whatever you want with it, God. Remove it from our lives. Change the lenses of our vision so we could see it differently, God. But God, we want to make room for you, God. God, forgive us for chasing after the wind so many times. God, forgive us for chasing after things that are meaningless, that are like a vapor, God, and missing out knowing you more, Lord God. Missing out not having the fullness of what you want to give us, God, so that we would be able to be transformed and live in your will, Lord God, fully in your will. So God, even at this time, we surrender everything and we declare that you are the Lord of our life in every single area, God. May may we just not just put you number one in our life, but in every single area of our life that we would bring you in that area and put you number one in our family, at work, with our friends, in our free time, in our ministry time, with our enemies, with our pain, with our suffering, with our anything that's happening in our lives. We bring you at the very center and we crown you as king of our heart in that area, God. And we ask you, God, that you would have your way in our life and to saturate us with your presence. Because God, we want more of you, God, every single day in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch on demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.